but at the end of the day, you know, it's doing these things every single day, right? It, it's, it's being consistent in these areas that you're identifying that ultimately create the culture. I think their team is, you could say it as simple as like working out together. You could say it as simple as saying having a designated leader. It's easy to do that one day. But doing it 365 days a year is what makes that team so special. And they win by 200 points because no one's even close. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's, yes, having a designated leader, but for everybody to know that 365 days a year, yeah. five workouts a day. So it's 1,500 workouts. Everybody knows who the leader yeah. is. Yeah. It's 1,500 workouts as a team. It's 1,500 times of encouraging one another, not tearing each other down yeah. and it not being fake or automated it being genuine and so like when you do that on a team level you dominate all right charlie good morning morning chris how are things man right now they're good because uh, we have a guest here we have, we have a, a special guest special a very guest. special guest my little kate wanted to come early this morning and uh, help with the gym so we cleaned up a little bit Walked around, made sure it looked good, and she starts school in a couple of days. So I told her we could do it before school starts. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Kate, do you have any words of wisdom for us? No. No. That's no. <laughs> she's she, she's a woman of few words. Gets to the point. So, excellent. Well, listen, Charlie, what I think we'll do today is you just got back from an awesome trip to the CrossFit Games. Um, a little bit different than when we went last year. I missed year. you, man. I know. I know you. I, know. I was missing one thing, and that was you. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was going to be a tough sell uh, just because we had traveled so much this year. And I yeah. think I told you it was just, um, I really wish I would have went, though, because I think you guys did something a lot different. We'll talk about it yeah. in a second, about how you guys got up there. And yeah. I kind of want to talk about Gus uh, coming with Gus, Gus coming was awesome because he got to see it yep. and getting time with him was special. Yeah, of course. Of course. So I think what we'll do is we'll kind of, I, I, I'm really interested to hear about the logistics getting up there. Yeah. And then we'll just kind of talk about the games themselves, what you thought. A lot of big changes this year. Yep. And, and maybe even tie this into the BCS Classic that's Absolutely. coming in and everything. So. So first of all, just kind of, I, I, you and I, just to kind of set the stage for everybody, we went last year. We stayed at the primo <laughs> Howard Johnson uh, in in Madison, in the outskirts of Madison, um, which you know I think, yeah, we we, we, don't, we could spend a whole lot of podcasts. Oh about yeah, that. but this year you did something different, right? We took an RV and just kind of explain that process and how yeah. That so this was probably six months ago. A close friend of mine, Dustin Campbell, he owns an RV. About three years ago when I went to Colorado, if you remember that backpacking trip, he had just bought an RV and we took it up to Colorado. And so knowing that there's camping grounds and kind of knowing our situation, because not only was the Howard Johnson not the, the nicest or most ideal situation, but it was pretty far away. And then, you know, having not been to this venue and seeing the setup, I thought, man, it'd be really cool if we stayed on the camping grounds. Plus, for Dustin to get to go, it, you know, he's a close friend. It'd be a lot of fun. So, I think I mentioned it to him about six months ago, and then he said, "Yeah, let's do it. I'll put it on my calendar." Because him and his family they RV'd for about two months prior to that, and so and he knows how to RV. You know, he not only does he travel with his family, but you know, traveling all the way to Madison, Wisconsin is a long distance. So, um, so I looked into. The campsite, it was a lot cheaper than it was for me and you to get a hotel. Mm -hmm. And just 
way more convenient in my mind. And I'll tell you a little bit more about how awesome it was, the experience. But so we ended up mapping out about 1,200 miles and we drove through Little Rock, Arkansas. So we left on Monday afternoon, um, about four o'clock, five o'clock, I think it was, you know, we were pulling out of town. We stopped at Little Rock, Arkansas at a little truck stop, um, went, you know, slept there. And then the next morning went to a CrossFit gym, dropped in, worked out, and then got on the road pretty much that morning. Drove all the way to right near Chicago, probably 45 minutes out of Chicago. And that, that was a really cool experience because Dustin had been to Chicago on several occasions. And he said there's an awesome steakhouse, like a really nice restaurant uh, called Gibson's that we had to go eat at. So we started on that drive probably around 4 o'clock looking at reservations, kind of checking the time that we were going to be getting there. We found a Cabela's, and I didn't know this because you wouldn't know this. I don't really go to Cabela's, and I don't RV, but Cabela's has truck stops. Like, you can actually park overnight for you know for 18-wheelers or RVs or things like that. And so we found a Cabela's that was probably about 45 minutes. It was on the uh, right on Indiana, where the border is at, near Illinois. So we stayed there, drove in. He pulled a Jeep, so we drove into Chicago. We had a 10 p.m. reservation at Gibson's, had a phenomenal dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. it was delicious. I think I had like a 30 or 40-ounce bone-in ribeye oh my with a sweet potato. Amazing meal and uh, did not disappoint. And then drove back to the Cabela's after dinner, slept, woke up in the morning. I went to a CrossFit gym right there at the Indiana border of Illinois Go work out. Beautiful morning, too. It was like 56 degrees, man. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. Nice up there. And then uh, finished the drive that day. So, you know, got to Madison, Wisconsin about around 1 o'clock and kind of pulled into the RV park. And that's where, you know, you started seeing the setups. You know, mm-hmm. you had the CrossFit Mayhem setup. You had, I saw we were right by the Noble setup. Like people had been pulled, had been parked probably since Monday and Tuesday. We got in on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The game started on Thursday. But by you know Wednesday afternoon, evening, I think the RV park was full. Now, explain this for people who haven't been there. You know, Explain how centrally located oh, the RV park is. You are Where we were set up, you are about a 200-meter walk to the entrance. I mean, it's, it's, it's like walking from here to the 400-meter turnaround to go into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is so convenient for a few reasons. You don't have to Uber, you know, so like you and I had to yeah, Uber. I discovered what Lyft was. Well, yeah. I, you know, yeah. um, you don't have to do that. You don't have to mess with that. Plus having the, where we were staying, the RV, it's so close to the venue. We could leave, you know, like at noon, for example, there's typically like a little break where you, there was really nothing going on. We could go back to the RV, get some food. You know, we went to Trader Joe's when we got there, bought groceries. So we grilled just about every night. We hung out, we cooked. Um, we could go cool off, you know, during the day and then go back to the stadium or wherever, the Coliseum. And also, to me, one of the kind of coolest parts of the experience was like every day the competition would be over around five or 5.30, going back and just hanging. It's all like camping, you know, like, Hanging out, sitting in like lawn chairs and just kind of chatting and cooking and, you know, essentially like camping out and having that, you know, until sunset. And then we'd go in. We played, um, so we played this dice game. I can't remember the name. I can't believe it. Uh, 
Folkworth or something where you die, you roll like six dice and you try to have you ever heard of this Farkle yeah. Farkle Farkle yeah it's yeah. a cool game yeah. so again if you're looking for like a, a little dice game or something fun uh, Farkle we we pretty much played that every night for like from like nine to midnight you it's know different have you ever heard of Bunko Oh yeah, Bunko yeah. Is, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. My wife used to be in a group, but we called it Drunko because <laughs> drink wine. And I never really ever played. But anyway, sorry, Kristen. I didn't mean to air that dirty laundry. Um, uh, you said earlier you with like CrossFit Mayhem. So were there other like were the athletes there on the in the campground that you could during see? when we got there they they were not that we really saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but leading up to that point, we heard that there was a lot of traffic in the RV park. Um, you know, a lot of people who are familiar with them, the Buttery Bros were staying right yep. there. Roy McKernan was right. I saw him. He was doing a lot of things at the Noble. Ben Bergeron was did an interview at the Noble tent. He was right there, or the Noble trailer. Um, Gus saw Rich Froning, he said, playing Mario Play Kart. Playing Mario Kart, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I think, honestly, I, I didn't see him, but I think Rich was – staying in the rv park because that's they had a couple rvs there too mm-hmm. um but yeah just a you know a, a lot of i would call it like a lot of energy right mm-hmm. like you know sure. the guys next to us were from houston um a lot of people bring workout equipment yeah and just kind of work out so we found some guys to work out with who brought and that was really convenient because remember me and you were going to like an affiliate yeah. at like 6 30 in the morning and working out and this was a lot more convenient because we didn't have to leave like i never went while in Madison to a CrossFit affiliate this year. Yeah. Um, I looked into it, but really it was so convenient to work out right there. Yeah. One morning I went inside to uh, the Reebok tent. They had like their own little open gym. Oh, cool. They had a rig, barbells, everything. I mean, a lot of, I mean, yeah. a lot of things that you could use. And they had open gym from 8 to 10. And then they were putting on workouts led by Julie Fouché from like oh, cool. 10 to 5. Um, they did the fan workouts, but like last year, man, they filled up quick. I yeah. think I started looking at like at, on Monday when we were driving up there. Gus got in and he did like a platform workout. Yeah. Remember how yeah, we, we did, did that? that. Yep. Yep. Um, so just, you know, uh, going back to just being at the RV park, like really was so convenient because we didn't have to leave the site. We basically could cool off during the day like there was just a lot of people there and just a lot of like a like a community feel Mm -hmm. to people in the rv park yeah and so and yes there's some pretty big names walking around but that's at the crossfit games too you know you see they're just walking around yeah so i mean i think kind of to tie this part uh kind of wrap this part up it's definitely recommended if you go that's the way to do that's the way to do it yeah yeah i mean um i would for sure say yeah getting the rv is the best experience, yeah. right? Like hands down, yeah. you know. And I mean, Dustin's RV is really nice, yeah. so we were very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always it's kind of like the it's kind of like I always vision boating, right? Mm. It, it, it's it's kind of a pain when you're the guy that owns the boat. It's always better to be the friend of the guy that owns the boat, right? <laughs> well, and same dude, thing with the RV, right? You just can tell like having an RV probably is a lot like that. Like I've yeah. been to some friends lake houses and and you know even when we went to Michael Straits and just how Michael has to do all the boating things exactly. and he has to know how to do all that RV is the same thing like you got to know like I think he had a part go out while like while yeah. we were there that he had to fix and he had to work on so it was definitely like having Dustin was I told him I was like man you made this trip yeah. like that was so much fun yeah it's awesome all right kind of shifting gears now until uh, to the games itself right yeah so a lot of different format this year um, 
you know, for those for those those people who don't know, you know, the games traditionally has always been top forty people that come out of these regionals uh, that come out of regionals that are held, you know, three or four months prior to this. Uh, those regionals did not happen this year. They went to something called sanctionals, and instead of you know these top forty men and women, it was and, and these top forty men and women kind of going back would 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 participate throughout the week. You know, starting on Tuesday, Wednesday ish, participating in all the workouts throughout the week, and then I think they would have cuts maybe on the last Saturday where they paired down to maybe twenty, right? So just one cut. Yep. Much different this year, Completely. right? Much different. Um, watching that, it just kind of explained a little bit of that format yeah, so change. This year they had 150 individuals for men, 150 individuals for women. They had leaders like open champions from every, from, uh, forget the exact number, the number of countries that were represented at the games. Wasn't it every country that had an affiliate? That yes. Had one registered yes. affiliate got a champion, yes. right? So a lot more athletes. And in in there, I, from everything that I've heard and read and um, understand, I think that that's the goal, right? So like last year when you and I went and they had that opening ceremony and you have, they announced all these countries and people coming in. Well, United States was by far 85% of the number of people that were there. And I think they want to, as they continue to grow this event, they want to balance that out. And so this was an effort to do that. It was still a lot of United States athletes, but I think what their goal is is over time to allow give these countries the opportunity to have representations at the games. Yeah. And I think we saw that last year a lot. We, we saw did. a big push to go international last yes. year. I think you and I maybe even commented on like, you know, it sounds like they're trying to mold it like the Olympic Games yep. or something like that. Yep. And so now when doing that, you know, you can't have 150 athletes all weekend like it's just going to be too much so in doing that there is a little bit of a cost associated with that what i mean by that is you got to have cuts simply because you can't field 15 events for 70 for 150 people so after the first event they cut 75 they cut the field in half and it exposed i mean the workout was rope climbs squat snatches and running it just exposed a lot of people Mm -hmm. and so some people you know, they came out for one workout. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for them, I mean, how cool is that to yeah. get to represent not only your country, but get to compete at the CrossFit Games and it painted vision for them. And then what they ended up doing after that was continued to have cuts, right? They, I think they went from 75 to 50 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 10. Yeah. And then, and, and they had cut down to 10 by Saturday afternoon. And what was your, what was your take on that? Because there was a lot of, uh, you know, if you kind of follow social media, there's a lot of opinionated one way or the other. I mean, 10 by Saturday after, like, was it Saturday afternoon? Yeah, yeah. 10, Saturday and, and after just the with sprint. just 10. After the sprint, the for run. For like five or six more workouts. What, what, was your, what were your thoughts on that? Okay, I, from a spectator perspective, really enjoyed that because you and I were, last year, you're sitting in the Coliseum and you're watching 40 people, right? Four heats of 10 mm-hmm. for men and for women. So you're watching eight heats mm-hmm. of 10. And really, you know that two of those heats are the ones that you want to watch, right? The top 10. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting. And, and what happened is a lot of people didn't show up, if you remember. Yeah. Like, you would even be working out through some yep. of those yep. heats because you're like, it's just going to yeah. be yep. the people that are in the, you know, at the end, they don't have no chance. Mm-hmm. So I felt like the cuts were a good idea. I, I can understand 
why people were disappointed is because some of their favorite athletes yeah, didn't make sure. it. Yeah. But that's how life works, right? Yeah. Like, you know, could you have tested these people a little bit better, you know, and gotten, yeah, but, you know, then you would eliminate some of the other people, yeah. you know, and so. You know who didn't care about the cuts? Matt Fraser and Tia Toomey. <laughs> that, yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, what I've always said about CrossFit competitions, you know, even, you know, with BCS or anything is like the best athletes are going to win. Yeah. You know, like the fittest is going to showcase their fitness. And mm -hmm. so I think this is no different. You know, there was, you know, there was some disappointments and some athletes not making it. And as if you were those athletes probably, and I don't know what it's like to be that good. So I don't mm -hmm. even think I can consider myself. You'd be disappointed too. Sure. So some of these guys that are used to being in the, the last heat, being in the games, yeah. podium in past years that didn't make it, you know, they mm -hmm. they were probably not happy about. And, you know, you go basically on Saturday from testing your, your you know, 40-yard dash or 50-meter yeah. run, whatever that distance was, and getting cut to then going to a heavy lift. And a lot of these people didn't get to showcase their sure. lift or showcase their strength. And so they absolutely are going to feel like, oh, yeah. nothing was heavy. You know, I mean... You could argue both sides, yep. you know, but I definitely think that the top 10 were the fittest. The, the, the unfortunate part was Will Morad. I don't know if you noticed, but he hurt himself. He pulled his hamstring and he couldn't really do. I mean, he, he went out there and he did marry yeah. um, that night. He really did not participate in that little, the two short bursted workouts. You know, mm -hmm. he just, he, he couldn't do the uh, overhead squats very good. He tried. And then Sunday, I don't even think he participated because he's just injured, you know. You know, one of the things I noticed this year, too, with the games was there was a lot of unknowns, not only leading up to the games and the weeks before. I mean, I don't even think you knew that what the cuts were actually going to be until maybe a week before the games. And another thing, you know, Castro would normally maybe half the workouts he would publish a month before, three weeks before. You didn't know any of the workouts until right before. How did that affect you as a spectator? Was that good? Is that bad? Yeah, what no, did you, think? you know, as a spectator, I think you're there. So you're going to find that like you're just, you know, it, it made you have a little more anticipation. Mm -hmm. um, I think the probably the athletes were the ones that, sure. you know, but going back to years past, like, I mean, in a lot of competitions used to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I remember yep. my first competition uh, Oktoberfest 2009, I found out the workouts, well, there was two workouts, I found out the first workout the night before. Yeah. And that's how we used to do BCS, you know, not only is it now, and I think because the games did this with regionals, because they had to, they had, you know, three different weekends of regionals, that in order to be fair, you had to, had to announce them. Yeah, yep. so, you know, I think that, you know, maybe Castro, especially with only having the games and no, not worrying anymore about the regionals, maybe he's going to start doing that. And at the end of the day, I think he likes the suspense, the unknown, mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, I definitely think he knew what the workouts were going to be. I don't think he, you know, was coming up with them on the fly. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he likes that added element mm -hmm. of suspense, of, you know, creating the unknown for athletes. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of shifting over to the uh, the athletes and the, the games itself, um, what were uh, – give me a couple couple of the high points that stuck out for you all weekend. So yeah. we, know, 
We know that may just for everybody in case of mayhem uh, freedom. I almost called them mayhem froning, froning, but mayhem freedom. <laughs> uh, they won the team. Tia Toomey again won the um, won the female uh, individual comp, and Matt Fraser won male, which he got challenged a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, so, what were some of the uh, kind of the highlights of your takeaways? I think probably the one thing that made for a great uh, event was Noah Olson challenging Matt Frazier for the first place at the podium. That made it fun. Um, Tia, of course, just is a phenomenal athlete and really has nobody who's who's challenging her. Mm -hmm. And and that's cool, but at the end of the day, we all like when, you know, it's it's fun to watch Alabama have competition. Sure. You know, like when Johnny Manziel went to Alabama and led the Aggies to a victory. That was really that made. I mean, that made for a great game, yeah. right? Even some of these teams that you want when you watch a national championship, even though you want maybe a purse a team to win, you like to see a game. Yeah. And so Noah Olson getting the white leader shirt from Matt Frazier on Saturday and coming right. out there like he had just. I mean, he was yeah. he was a politician, you know, waving yeah. at the fans, yeah. Yeah. big smile, yeah. like. You know, and he got to wear that white shirt for about three events. Yeah. Uh, until Matt basically yeah. said, "Give me back my shirt." Yeah. yeah. And I knew that there's an interview out there. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, um, it was. It was. I think it was the end of day two, right after Noah had taken the jersey, and uh, and they asked Matt. They interviewed Matt, and he said. Uh, so what's your plan going forward? He goes, I'm just going to win the rest of the events. And I think he did. Like, I think that's exactly what he did. Yeah. It, and, you know, it, it really remained a good event because he came back on the Saturday afternoon. He won the lift. Mm-hmm. He won the uh, the two, you know, the bike. and Or maybe he got Was second. Ringer one and ringer He got two? second on the toter ring yep. assault bike. And then he got first on the overhead yep. squat. Um, uh, what was that? On the... It was something. It was, it was something on. Was it, was it the burpees overhead? Yeah, squat? Burpees, burpees, burpees overhead to squat. ring yeah. overhead yeah. squat. He got first, and then sat, Sunday morning he doesn't do so hot in the swim. Yep. So that kind of yeah. turned it into a competition yep. again. again. And you yep. know, of course, there's the sandbag falling out of his ruck sure. run, which sure. kind of only created for a better right competition right. factor. Which, and, by the way, did you see some of the stuff on social media? I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't follow this stuff. But so many haters out there saying he did it on he knew and he no, should be disqualified. Yeah, My goodness, I mean, man. Unbelievable. There's and you know this, man. There's just now there's just more voices out there. Yeah, but I know. I but know. you yeah. know, I you know, I I saw the video a few times and I don't think he saw no. it. I think he's so focused on finishing yep. plus that you know it, you don't know what it is. It almost yeah. it looks like, like he thought somebody tapped him. Yeah, yeah, he looked yeah, like yeah. he looked over to see if somebody tapped him yeah. or ran into him. Um and so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's the only one that knows that. But, you know, they penalized him pretty yeah. well for it. Like yeah, 60 yep. seconds, it, he bumped from like what would have been like a fifth place to a 15th or 6th yeah, to yeah. 16th. So, yeah. so it cost him a lot of points. Yeah. And so he's, he, had to, he had to make up for that. And then um, Sunday, he just put on a show. Yeah. Man. I mean, after the swim, you know. Yeah. But the swim kind of made you wonder, like. Maybe he's beatable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, again, I felt like. One of the coolest parts of the whole weekend was Matt Frazier having to come back yeah. and win first yep. place. Yep. You know, and there was an interview. I don't even know if they posted it, but on Saturday, 
he was not happy. Like mm-hmm. you could tell he did. You know how they would come up to the athletes who win yeah. in the Coliseum, yeah, yep. or and they kind of interview everybody. Yep. They they they. He was just yeah. Like you could just feel he it, was, and then you yeah. could see him like interacting with Noah. Yeah, and he was just you could just. Tell it wasn't him. all rainbows and unicorns. No, was it? and no. it was almost like not until the very end that yeah. you could tell he was like, okay, I can be yeah. your friend again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, two, two, two things kind of stick out in my mind kind of along those same lines is watching Noah Olsen win Mary, that was phenomenal. Like, the, I, I, as much as I've watched the games, I've never seen Matt Fraser, since he's become the champion, when something's that close, him not win. You know, so him holding off Matt Fraser I thought was awesome to watch, man. It was just, you know, just, just great sport. And if you follow the sport, you can appreciate something like that. Um, and then, and then the other thing that I thought was, was the, the one rep clean and jerk Oh, or just clean. clean. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just to clean. What, what was that like being Dude, that well, and, and that? you know, like the clean ladder was so cool last yeah. year. So it was just, I mean, seeing the platform, like the, the weights that they had that yeah. were unnecessary, but just yeah. added to the <laughs> yeah. spectacle yeah. Yeah. and the way that they had to come out one at a time and walk away and yeah. do this lift. I mean, seeing oh. the, you know, Tia Toomey do yeah. 200, oh. what, 60 pounds? Like Six, nothing. Yeah. And, like. and it was just, yeah, it was so cool to watch and to, um, you know, it, it, again, I've never been to an Olympic weightlifting meet, but I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what they were going for, you yeah. know? Yep. And, you know, it's it, it wasn't dead silent, though. You mm-hmm. know, everybody was chanting and oh, cheering yeah. and you know it, it just it just made for a spectacle right yeah. it was so cool yeah i think uh yeah i mean you, you had guys that were like i think come on give mm-hmm. me some give me some noise here i need i need and it, you, you just know? knew matt fraser man you could oh, see yeah. he looked like a lion yeah and he was just feeding off the energy of the crowd yeah. and he was so amped up now who did who was he oh he's going rep for rep with panchek with panchek yeah. who's been Pan- traditionally been a great yeah. lifter yeah that was that was uh, that was really neat. And then um, talk to me a little bit, and we'll kind of wrap this up in the BCS Classic. Yeah. But the the team competition, just oh, complete well, I dominance love, yeah. from day one. Yeah, right from day one of May. I will say this: this is what I would say a big a big takeaway on that. Watching it last year with mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and then seeing it this year. Let's be honest: all of those athletes. Are superstars mm-hmm. or super fit mm-hmm. you know i mean now you know camille leblanc was on one of the teams um and, and you know she's not even living near that one mm-hmm. um you, you can have, put together super you teams can put now. together super mm-hmm. teams now and if you look at crossfit mayhem i mean rich froning they're all great athletes mm-hmm. but nobody is what you would call a superstar right what what they have that I think that none of the other teams have is a designated leader that everyone knows mm-hmm. is the leader. They train together. Just in my interactions with you know Jim Hensel mm-hmm. and getting ready for uh, Rich to come down, mm-hmm. they train together every day, multiple times a day, which again, when you're on a super team, you can't do that, right? Camille probably is not going to fly in to train with these other teammates. Yep. And so... Yep. Um, they, you could see it. They're on the same page yeah. on every event. Mm-hmm. You know, Rich, in some cases, was honestly what you would call, he was a lot of times, he was the probably the best athlete. But even some of those, I could tell that he was getting tired. Yeah. And the other teammates were encouraging Rich. So yeah. it's like, they, but they have a plan. They, they work together yeah. better than the other teams. And in because of that, 
they they dominate. Yeah. You know, you could just tell that every workout had a plan. Mm-hmm. They stuck to it. If a team came out ahead early in a workout, they didn't care. They mm-hmm. stuck to their plan. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that when you train together, yeah. when you have a designated leader who's going to, you know, when, you know, if, if you're working out with three other people and you're all superstars, it's real easy to mm-hmm. think like, oh man, I know the best plan. Mm-hmm. And in that case too, when you're competing for the CrossFit Games championship, like it's easy to start picking each other apart. Like, because maybe somebody's not pulling their weight and mm-hmm. you just don't sense that at all from this team. No. You know what I mean yep. by that is like, you, you know, see a lot of that. Yes. I remember that. last year we saw it on the field yes. with a certain yes. team, which I won't yes. say, but again, big personality team, yes. uh, games athletes all on the team. And you could hear them yelling at each yes. other on the team, and, right? And with mayhem, you don't have any of that. And so I feel like that goes a long way. I think that that's one of the reasons they're so successful and nobody came close to them. And honestly... I don't think, you know, I'll tie this into our culture mm-hmm. because I think it's, it's, it's worth bringing up. Our gym, as you have told me and so many other people have told me, it's, it's a special place. Mm-hmm. It, you can't put your finger on one specific thing that does that, right? Because ultimately, and I've said this, the culture is created by the people that, that come here, right? Mm-hmm. But the people that come here are attracted to the culture, which is why they come. Cyclical. Yes. And yes, we could highlight like a few things or make a a list of of what those things are. You could say, well, it's the coaches or you could say it's, you know, the the hiring process or you could say it's the, you know, the the way that the standards that we we hold everybody to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know, it's doing these things every single day, right? It, it's, it's being consistent in these areas that you're identifying that ultimately create the culture. I think their team is, you could say it as simple as like culture. working out together. Mm-hmm. You could say it as simple as saying having a designated leader. It's easy to do that one day. But doing it 365 days a year mm-hmm. is what makes that team so special. And they win by... 200 points because mm-hmm. no one's even close mm-hmm. you know because it's yes having a designated leader but for everybody to know that 365 days a year yep. five workouts a day so it's 1500 workouts everybody knows who the leader yep. is yep. it's 1500 workouts as a team it's 1500 times of encouraging one another not tearing each other down yep. and it's you know again it's like like the culture of the gym it's 365 days a year living by our values, 365 days a year having a strong purpose and conviction Mm -hmm. to why we do what we do and it not being fake or automated, Mm -hmm. it being genuine. And Mm -hmm. so like when you do that on a team level, you dominate. Mm -hmm. Like they are just like nobody's coming close. And another team could say, could listen to this podcast and say, well, we're going to do that. But is it authentic? Yep. Yep. Is it truly genuine yeah because if it's not if it's an intent to win like oh i'm only going to submit to this team leader because i want to win well that's not authentic yeah everybody on the team knows you know who the leader is Mm -hmm. and man that's huge that that's powerful in organizations like in your office you know Mm -hmm. chris is the boss right your team is going to be cohesive and ultimately work well together if everybody submits to that Mm -hmm. As, as a church, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's the same thing. Like, you know, the church will thrive if everybody understands who's, you know, mm-hmm. who's in charge. And ultimately mm-hmm. the church knows who's in charge, right? The mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. And as a body of believers, we look a lot better when we all submit to that, mm-hmm. you know, in a home, you know, husband and wife. Like if, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, who's, in, who's gonna, who's, who's the leader of the home, right? Like, and then when there's controversy or conflict in that home because yeah. one person wants to be in charge and the other person doesn't want to submit this and that. And I'm not saying that that necessarily is always wives to husband. I have to submit to Alicia mm-hmm. a lot, <laughs> yep. you know, but you have to be able to, and I think when you see the, all the conflict on the, on the field, right, between these teams, yep. it's just because, like, they're not working together. Yep, yep. You know, one thing, I'll take that one step further, is, is what, what I've respected about the team watching them this year is it's easier, I should say it's not, e- it's not easy, but it's easier to do that when you're winning all these events and everything's going well. Like, I want to see you react. That's why I tell my boy all the time in basketball, like, it's easy to be a great teammate, a great leader, a great captain when you're winning by 20. I want to see what you do when you're losing by 20. And what a lot of people probably have forgotten is this season started out for CrossFit Mayhem. They didn't qualify until – like three quarters through the season, right? They ended up I, – I know they got beat in Wadapalooza, and they got beat bad yep. in Wadapalooza, yep. like not even close. And I think maybe they did another competition that they didn't win. I, I can't remember that. But, then, you know, then they got to China and they won, right? Um, you know, to see that, like how are people react? Look how they reacted after the loss at yep. Wadapalooza. Like, my goodness, now they made some changes and did some things. But my goodness, I mean, now look. And and I think the other thing that makes Mayhem Freedom, and they, they talked about this on the podcast, or on the, I'm sorry, on the broadcast was, you know, they may not do it the, great at the Wadapaloozas and the China and all the sanctionals, but they train all year. And it showed they train all year for the games. Yep. Rich Froning is a master, on top of everything else he is, is a master programmer. He knows, he is training all year and putting those programs together all year. Not for the China Sanctional, not for Wadapalooza, for the games. Well, let's be honest, who has more experience winning, not just competing, winning the CrossFit Games than Rich Froning? Yep. For first place and a second place as an individual. Mm-hmm. For first place and a second place as an affiliate champion. Mm-hmm. You're talking about eight first places in the team individual balance, two second places over a 10-year span. That in your brain is just registered. Mm-hmm. He knows these games better than anyone. Yep. He can predict, and there's like a sixth sense to his programming that I guarantee you nobody can scientifically calculate. Yep. And that, you know, having, again, not only that leader, but ultimately the, the team captain, motivator, you know, encourager. He knows how these games works. If, if you, you know, if you get second or third or fifth or sixth, mm-hmm. say, hey, guys, it's going to be okay. You know, I remember, you know, I mean, it's just, you, there's just so much value in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Well, tying this kind of back in as we as we wrap this up here, tying this Speaking back of in. rich. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of rich, um, we've got uh, BCS Classic coming up. Uh, yeah. We're inside of a month now. I saw you released a podcast. I actually listened to the whole thing about oh, three great. tips. Great tips on um, coming in. I understand there might be a workout release this weekend. Is that right? It's coming out, I'll say, in, well, by the time this goes out, one week. Okay. 
All right, excellent. Yeah. I know people are going to be looking forward to that. Um, but even better, you've made now we made the big announcement that Rich Froning is going to be here, and that's going to be awesome. But now Rich Froning needs a partner. Yes, he does. Right. So talk to me a little bit about what and, we're doing that and how we're going to give him. Yeah, a partner. man, this turned out to be so cool. You know, um, about three weeks ago, so two weeks out of the games, Rich said that you know if somebody needs a partner, he'd be willing to compete. And and just how cool is that? That's awesome. And so he, you know, he's like. I love to work out. I'm going to be there. Might as well. Might as well. So so now uh, we're going to leverage that opportunity and fundraise money for the Ron McDonald Charities of Central Texas. And so right now we have a fundraising page set up, which you can look at vbcsclassic.com and actually click on the fundraiser link and it'll take you to an explanation of every detail of how to become rich froning's partner and you know in a nutshell the individual or the gym that raises the most money between now and august 31st will get to choose who will be rich froning's partner for the event so that's that's amazing, right? Huge. Like it's it's, awesome. it's how badly do you want it, right? So if you have an affiliate with, you know, a hundred members, couple hundred members, or heck, even fifty members, and they're all willing to pledge some money, you know, then you can raise a lot of funds. And so there's a guy, and I, you probably saw this announced, but he did a ten minute AMRAP of two hundred seventy five pound clean and jerks. That's on Saturday. crazy. <laughs> he fundraised five thousand dollars what i think he ended up doing somewhere in the ballpark of like 27 reps or something oh crazy goodness and every rep was almost a couple hundred bucks because yeah. different people, people were said pledging. i would get five so ten, yeah. he is john devlin is his name uh-huh. he's currently the leader right and where's he out of he's out of crossfit richardson okay. which is in dallas cool. up there in richardson and we're doing an event here at the gym on june 24th very similar it's a one rep max clean, and we're asking everybody here to essentially ask your friends and family to donate, you know, a, a amount of money towards every pound that you lift. So if, you know, if I said, hey, dad, would you give, you know, a quarter for every pound that I clean? And then, you know, come the day of the competition, let's just say I clean 100 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to donate 25 bucks. And so, you know, it's a really cool way to, you know, get involved and our gym, we, of course we want, you know, we want to be able to pick the, who gets to be richest partner from, from our affiliate. Um, But it's just a lot of fun because all the money is going towards a great cause. And, you know, we were touched significantly with the Ronald McDonald house, not, not fully knowing what they do, but now really knowing, but after experiencing the situation that we went through. And I know a lot of different people have been touched by the Ronald McDonald house. And so this is just a really cool opportunity to uh, have fun with Rich Froning, having a partner, and helping out a, an amazing organization in the Ron McDonald Charities. That's awesome, man. And I think that is a really good place to end it. Yeah. Um, September 7th, BCS Classic. Um, and we'll look forward to that. Kate, you want Kate, to say anything? anything? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Again, a, a, a woman of few words, everybody. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks, Chris. You bet. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.